Well, good day, everybody, and welcome to the extras. My name is Mike. Hello, my name is Sam, and it's great to be back with you. I've actually had a couple of weeks off uh, the extras. I, I couldn't be around uh, last week to record, and I had a bit of a holiday with my wife the week before. Apparently, you told the world about that. I heard. Is that right? That you had a holiday? Y- yes. Yeah, like, mate. We, we don't keep things no secret secrets. here. No, no, that's exactly right. <laughs> Everything will be exposed on the last day yeah. uh, by Sam Russell, or on the extras <laughs> in the meantime. <laughs> there you go. Um, great to have you back back listeners and uh thank Great to you have you back uh, thank you i appreciate that mm. and uh we're, we've kind of officially finished our series in romans one to four yeah and so sam we do want to say thank you to you and to robbo we want to say thank you to uh, all our growth group leaders we want to thank you uh, those people who uh, uh put all the the bible reading notes together and, and even the signs at the back of church a lot of people worked really hard in this series haven't they sam indeed yes. um yeah. It's just been great to see everyone coming together and the, the great thing that I've, I've been encouraged by is the number of people that have been reading Romans yes. and have made comments to the effect of, gee, this has been good for my growth as a Christian just to focus in on the, the, the central things of the Christian gospel and uh, that's mission accomplished at one, one level. That's great when, when that's happening in people's lives. So I'm thrilled and encouraged. Yeah. I mean, you said at the start of the series, didn't you, Sam, that this is the, the letter that's changed the world at one level, changed so many people's eternal destination, um, life-changing, life-giving. I mean, yeah, it kind of doesn't get much better than Romans, does it? No, it's it's excellent. And we're only four chapters in and we're, Ah. God willing, coming back to uh, do the next chunk next year is the plan. So we'll see how how we go. Yeah, yeah. So obviously keep reading Romans. If you haven't got to the end of chapter 16 yet, keep reading. Um, It is absolute gold. Absolutely. Uh, But Sam, if we were away on Sunday um, or uh, missing for whatever reason, uh, give us the the summary, mate, of uh, we went from three... 327 to the end of chapter 4. What yeah, was that big chunk. Yeah, uh, we, we're looking at faith. And um, one of the things about Romans is that uh, as Paul works his way through all the things that he wants to talk about, he often pauses and uh, answers possible objections um, to, to what he has just said. And so if you remember, 321 to 26 was the big statement about, ju- about how we've been justified um, through Jesus being the, the redemption, the sacrifice of atonement or the, the propitiation and how God demonstrated his, his righteousness in, in punishing sin in Jesus and then justifying the, the, the wicked. Um, that's the gospel. And then in, in this section that we looked at on Sunday, Paul answers some objections that uh, particularly the Jewish world might have had to what he's just said. And the big objection is, hang on a minute, this sounds like something different. It sounds like um, Abraham was justified by works, but that that was a a misconception that they held. And now you're saying justification by faith. Has God changed? Um, And Paul's answer is no. Um, It's always been by faith. Abraham justified by faith. David justified by faith. Um, and so are we who trust in Jesus, justified by faith. It's almost as if um, he holds up David and Abraham, who uh, perhaps the original readers thought were kind of exhibit A for Judaism personified, and he says, actually, these guys are kind of Gentile personified. Is that, is that right? Because um, they're, they're faith guys. That, well, that, that, that's right. There. And, and I think that's his, his argument through chapter 4 is it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or mm. a Gentile. Yep. Um all, Abraham is the father of us all, because who is Abraham the father of? Those who have faith, and nice. likewise David. So, um, yeah, they're, they're both men of faith rather than men of Judaism. That's the thing that, that matters most. That's right. I was thinking of that Sunday school song, Sam. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them. 
So are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Right on. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> oh, disappointed we didn't sing that on Sunday. Yeah, well, there you go. Next yeah. series, next yeah, series. Maybe. <laughs> so it's all about faith, friends. And, and mate, it, I mean, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. All by faith, all by grace, gift of God, totally. not by works. We can't boast. Yeah. Um, the gospel is great news. Very good news. Great news. We've so we've got some questions and uh, we're going to kick off with, uh, I love these sorts of questions where someone says, well, okay, that's Romans 4, but how does that work in light of yep. Romans 2, for example? Yep. So I love these questions where we're trying to get scripture to, to uh, kind of uh, work together as a unit. Yep. So uh, uh, this, the question takes us back to Romans chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 mm. and asks, well, how do they fit in in terms of faith alone? Is it just that the good acts mentioned in Romans 2, 6 and 7 are prompted by faith or... We need some help, Sam. Yep. So 2, 6, and 7, um, let, let me read them to you. It says, uh, it's talking about God's justice on that final day, on that day of wrath, um, chapter 2, verse 5. Then verse 6 says that on that day, um, God will repay each one according to their works. Um, and uh, he sets up this this sort of little two options. To those who, on the one hand, do, do good, uh, persistently uh, do good and seek glory and honor and immortality, God will give eternal life. Whereas to those who are self-seeking and who disobey the truth, um, God will punish them with, with wrath and indignation and, and that kind of thing. So um, it sounds like, and we, we did actually cover this back in chapter 2, and if you want to get online and have a listen to the sermon, we, we, we cover that back in chapter 2. Um, it sounds like on first read that he's saying um, salvation uh, by works. Um, mm. But I, I don't think, I think the key there, the key word there is persistently, um, that, that the ones who, who get eternal life are those who persistently do good. Um the, the problem with that is Romans chapter 3, <laughs> uh, that there is no one who does good, not even one. Yeah. And In fact, um, yeah, so it's, we certainly don't do it persistently. In fact, Romans 3 says we don't even do it at all. Mm. Um, now, so at one level, that that is the way that Paul, if you could persistently do good, you would be right with God. The only one who ever meets that category kind of requirement is Jesus. He persistently did good, and he therefore... Um, should have had eternal life <laughs> and what he graciously does is he then gives the gift of his righteousness and his eternal life gives it for you and takes for you the great exchange um, yep. it takes for you your punishment and your condemnation um, it's a substitution that's going on there and so uh, I think that's what's going on there um, you can then say you can then take the next step although I don't think this is what Romans 2 is talking about but theologically you can take the next step to say well, now that I'm in Christ, um, and now that I am saved, and now that God's Spirit lives in me, this is where we're going to go into Romans 5 and Romans chapter 6, right. about the, the Spirit's work in the believer's life. Yep. Um, I will now want to persistently try and be good, and I will persistently try and seek glory and honor and immortality. Yep. I'm never going to do that perfectly this side of heaven. But I do that now because I'm in Christ. Now, always got to be careful. That's not going to earn me salvation. That doesn't no. get me no. right with God. No. Only Jesus does that. Yes. Uh, but now that I'm in Christ, I, I do want to do those things. Great. Yeah. Great. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. No now uh, we are saved by faith, not by works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what is the place of works at all? Uh, so, you know, um, someone's asked a question, what about religious rituals? Because you kind of bounced off that in Romans 4. Yep. Uh, I guess, you know, why do we read our Bibles? Why do we uh, 
um, say our prayers, why do we go to church, um, those kind of religious sounding things. Uh, yeah. what, what's the place of them? Why do we do them if we're ultimately saved by faith? Yeah, so I mean that, that's a great question, um, and the answer is almost in the question that we're not saved by those things. But but why do them? Well, Romans four tells you why. Oh, the, the the one that's mentioned in Romans four is the the ritual of circumcision. Yep, um, and so. Uh, you get that um, in uh, verses sort of uh, 10, 11, 12, yep. that sort of um, region there. And um, what, it, what it says there is that um, in verse 11 is that Abraham received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised a seal now a seal there is, is like a, a little reminder a little um, sort of uh, generally in, in the in the ancient world when you send a letter you'd sort of use your your ring which had your mark on it and you put that onto a, a seal and it would sort of verify that this is from you um, if that makes sense a little, okay. um, now at that point the seal of, of circumcision is is a mark for Abraham to know that he now belongs to God He's one of God's people. It's not the way that the way that he becomes one of God's people. Oh, it's it's that because he's he's got a faith. Remember, faith's invisible. Yes. Um, but it's just a, it's a marker, a reminder for Abraham every time he's going to see that pretty regularly um, that he belongs to God. Yes. Uh, and and in and in one sense, many of the um, you could say the the ritual type things that we continue to do as Christians that maybe uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper. Okay. Um, that, again, that the Lord's Supper doesn't make you right with God. Um, in Roman Catholic Catholic theology, that it functions that way. But in biblical Christianity, um, the Lord's Supper is it's a, it's a reminder. It, it points you back uh, to help you remember what Jesus has done for you in the cross. It doesn't do it for you. It, it just reminds you. It's a seal. It, it functions that way. Okay. And uh, so things like reading your Bible, they're, they're good things to do because they remind you of what Jesus has done. Yes. But they're not things that you do in order to get yourself right with God. Yes, but it's interesting how, given the nature of our hearts, um, we are so prone to wanting to do stuff that pleases God, to think we can earn our way into God's good favour, that we can turn good things um, into uh, things that we think will impress God. Things, yeah, and we can very easily fall into the wrong motivation for doing things. And so, I guess one of the keys is keep checking your heart and keep checking your motivations. As, as you do these things, as you're doing your Bible reading day in, day out, that's a great thing and we'll keep doing it. Yes. Uh, but, but never, ever think that that would justify you. Yeah, great. Great. Okay. Uh, still in Romans chapter 4, yeah. uh, we've got a question around the second half of verse 15. Yeah. And the question is, uh, where there is no law, there is no transgression, uh, what does that mean? Yeah, so um, he's just said that the law brings wrath, and then he says, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Um, the context here is Paul is, is trying to remind the, his readers that law will never justify them, just like it never justified Abraham. In fact, Abraham was well before the law, so there's no way yep. the law could have um, justified him. Yep. Um, why, why then was the law added? Well, this is the argument of Romans. It's also the argument of Galatians, um, right. that God put the law in almost like a, an amplifier, a, a magnifying glass, to, sh- to show just how bad the sin problem is. Right. Um, without the law there, there's still plenty of sin, 
Yes. Um, but it, you may not even know just how bad it is and right. what, what you're doing wrong. He puts the law in and that codifies and, and clarifies exactly what you're doing wrong. It, 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 uh, and so without the law, there's no transgression. Now, there's a technical difference between the word transgression and sin, although sometimes they're used interchangeably. Okay. Um, transgression means the breaking of a, of a command, the breaking of a law. So without the law... <coughs> you can't transgress. You can't transgress. You can still oh, sin, yeah. and sin is still there, but then you, yep. put the, you put the law in, and it's very clear that you are transgressing God's, God's command. Romans 7 goes on to this kind of idea that uh, the sin is within you, but then God adds the commandment of do not covet, and then all of a sudden... You, you break it um, and, and it shows you the sin that was always there within you. The, sin, the, the, the law um, points it out very clearly. Thank you, mate. So that's twice now you've pushed us further into Romans, mate. This is, this is encouraging. So uh, if you want to understand keep, 1, 2, 3, and 4, we've got to keep reading. Keep reading Romans. Romans. 6, 7, 8. Yep. Yeah, that's very helpful. Thanks, yep. mate. Because as you said at the beginning, this is one almost continuous argument. One long-form argument. Yeah, that's right. one form. Okay. Um, now, faith is important. Faith is what saves uh, trusting in God. Um, the question came in, how do we know when our faith is strong? That's an interesting question. Um, help us unpack that question, Sam. That is an interesting question. Um, I, I, I didn't talk a lot on Sunday about strength of faith. Um, and At one level, that's actually a little bit on purpose um, because... Romans 4, when it's talking about being saved by faith alone, it's not calling for you to have a really strong faith. In fact, that's not so much the way that the Bible, I don't know, it's just not the categories the Bible uses. Mm, mm. Um, Because the point of, the the strength of faith comes not from you and how good a faith you have, the quality of your faith, if you like. Um, It comes more from the object of your faith. That's that's where um, faith's strength resides, in, in the thing that you have your faith in. Okay. Um, so to go back to my chairlift illustration, um, yes. you have two chairlifts side by side um, going up the same mountain. One is in very good condition, well maintained, good cable, um, you know, excellent operator who knows exactly what they're doing. The other one has been there since the 1930s and really hasn't had a lot of love since then. It's rusted, uh, the, the, the cable's frayed, the engine is not in good nick. Um, you know, and uh, an eight-year-old's running, pull, pull, pull the switches, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got those in my mind. Okay. Yeah, okay, now, where, where are we going to go with these two yeah, All right. Now, you're standing <laughs> at the bottom of the mountain. Um, you can have, you can really genuinely, deeply believe that you're going to get on the 1930s chairlift. And strong faith. You've got right? a very you, strong... You just, I, I believe it, I'm going to be okay. I just got to believe it harder and harder and harder and harder. You get on that thing and you put any kind of tension on that old frayed cable and the eight-year-old, you know, pushing the buttons. Um, <laughs> no amount of faith is going to hold you up in the air. You're okay. going to come crashing down. The key is the object of it, the thing you're putting your faith in. And so even if you're nervous and terrified and just scared of heights and whatever, but you get on the modern, well-maintained one, yep. you're going up that mountain regardless of the strength of your faith. You see, you see the point there? So the, the point is not to have... A strong faith, although actually we, we do that that will come. But the the point is to put your faith in something that is strong. And so Jesus of of is the thing to put your faith in. He is the one who the gets one. you to God, who gets you right with God, who pays for your sins. And so 
the better question is not how well am I trusting, but but who am I trusting and what what am I trusting? Yeah, yeah. And so to trust in Jesus, let's just, yep. let's just boil it straight down and make it really plain. Yes. To trust in Jesus, Sam, means what exactly? Well, it, it means to, to believe and to rely and to depend upon the fact that Jesus is the one who will get you to heaven. He'll yep. get you right with God. And it's, it's that old... Um, Evangelism explosion question. You know that. You know the one. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, if you were to die tonight uh, and you were to stand before God and He would say to you, "Why, why should I let you into my heaven?" What, what yeah. would you say? If your answer is, "Well, I have lots and lots and lots of faith," um, or strong faith, strong faith. Yeah. Um, yes. I actually think that's probably not not the answer. The, the answer at this point is to say, "Well, you, you shouldn't really." Um, but Christ died. And Christ paid for mine. He was the propitiation. He was the redemption. He did all that um, for me. And, and on the basis of his work, you promised that I can come in. Mm. And that is that that is faith. That's trusting that mm. someone else has actually done it for you. Mm. Um, that And I think that that's what faith is. It's, it's yeah. that trust and dependence on the work of Jesus for you. Yeah. It's as simple as that. So if you believe in Jesus, if you believe that he died for your sins, that he rose again, and that... Um, he is the only way you can be right with God. You've got the strong, you've got faith that's strong enough. That's right. Uh, for eternity. That's uh, it. Um, yeah. Uh, it's lovely how the gospel at one level is just so simple mm. that it, you can just kind of boil it down to that. Believe in Jesus. That's it. Know? And so that's the question for you: is um, do you believe? That? Yeah. Do nice. you trust that? Nice. That's that's what you need. That's the business you need to do with God. Yeah. Terrific. Thanks, mate. Okay, we got one question uh, that actually I think came from last week. Is, is that right? It is, <laughs> yes. We, we, we had a bit of a big load. So James and I pushed the podcast to sort of 33, 34 minutes last week and we uh, we, we had to wrap up. Without you, Mike, we're the lost. St- standards are slipping, That's obviously. That's right. Look, we're at 17 minutes at this point and we're, we're almost <laughs> we're home. And so it's, look, this is why it's so good to have you back. Me and James, we're all over yeah, the place. Thank you, Mike thank comes you. back, the ship is steady yeah. and all is well. Look out, look out. Yeah. Okay, here's the question. And it's actually a really, really good question. It is a great um, question. Okay, so uh, why does God tell us to get rid of our anger? Yep. But God, in a sense, doesn't just get rid of his anger. He actually kind of um, he punishes Jesus mm. to kind of deal with his anger. So I guess there's a difference. He doesn't just get rid of it. He kind of deals with his anger. Yep. Um and so, is, is God kind of asking us to do something that is inconsistent with the way he deals with anger? Yeah, um, I, yeah is, 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 I'm struggling to work out how God's anger can be dealt with, but I just have to let go of my anger. Yeah, so God, God's almost allowed to, to sort of um, let his anger go, let it, let it fly, yes. you know, um, yes. punish someone, act, on act out on it, yeah. whereas us as humans are called, don't, don't, um, don't be angry, yeah. in fact, don't, don't let your wrath kind of go on someone. Yeah. How does that work? Good How question. Work? Yeah. Um, well, a couple of things to say. Um, look, if we're going, to, if you're commending me for pushing us forward into Romans, let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's do that Push again. further? Yeah, you want to go yeah, even go. beyond? Um, Romans. There's cha- more past chapter 7, is there? There, look, it's a little bit. Okay. It keeps going. Okay. Um, Romans chapter 12. Chapter 12. Okay, let's go there. Um, and uh, now, Romans 12, just to give you a structure point about Romans, um, we really get into some of the practical application on the other side of Romans nice. chapter twelve. Um, nice. There's a there's a big therefore in Romans chapter twelve verse one. And it's in, not a big but this this time. We've had the big but. We've had a big but. That's right. Big, this is the big therefore. The big therefore, and okay. it's in, in view of God's mercy, all of the great stuff that's been done in in 
Romans thus far, um, now um, live your life in in view of God's mercy as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Then by the end of chapter 12, he starts talking about anger. Mm. And uh, he says in verse 17, um, don't repay anyone evil for evil. Um, And then uh, down in verse 19, he says, uh, friends, don't, don't avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath, for it is written... Uh, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Um, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Uh, well, that just clarifies everything. Yeah, there you go. Problem <laughs> off. <laughs> All right, we're done. <laughs> Join the dots for me, mate. Okay. Um, so the, the command is to not to repay someone evil for evil. So if someone does wrong to you, in view of God's mercy to you, that remember that's the therefore. Yes you should actually be merciful to them. Nice. So, so God has been merciful, so yeah. be like God. Okay, so okay. don't respond in anger, don't... Yep. Yep. Um, and instead, what you're to do is to, verse 19, leave room for God's wrath. Hmm. And and that's important because it, when you choose not to punish someone for their wrongdoing to you, you choose not to lash out in anger, you're actually leaving room for God to to bring proper justice. Now, why is that important? Uh, proper justice, yeah. That's important because um, you and I aren't always the best placed people to bring the right kind of retribution and, and wrath. We we don't see the whole story. No. Um, we, we often act um, impulsively. Uh, we often let our emotions get the better of us. Yeah. Um, and... Um, there are all sorts of parts. There's always two sides to a story, and yeah. we don't have access to the whole picture. And so, if I respond in anger, I'm nine times out of ten aren't going to respond well. Am I? That's right. That, that's exactly right. Now, there are times for anger, and there yeah. are times, and even in the Bible, there are times where it's right to be angry. Mm. But in this case, often the, the call is, if it's possible, verse eighteen, uh, live at peace with everyone, and don't don't avenge yourself if it's if it's possible. Leave leave that for God. And in one sense, you're being quite like God there because remember back in Romans chapter 3, um, Paul reminded us in 21 to 26 that, that, in the, that, that God had actually passed over sin for, for quite some time. He'd been waiting, holding it back for the right time when he would judge it properly yep. um, in Jesus Christ. Yep. Um, so, so that's an important thing to note. The second thing to note is that when God carries out his anger we've always got to make sure that we see that god isn't punishing some third party he's actually remember jesus is himself god he is in Mm. part of the trinity Mm. and so when god unleashes his his wrath and his fury and his divine retribution he's not letting it out on someone else out there he's actually taking it in on himself yeah. um, absorbing it in, in the person and work of Jesus Christ who, Absolutely. Is, who is God so and again when someone has wronged you you've really got two options as to where your anger can go you can either lash out at them the third party or in as you choose to, to not take vengeance not unleash your anger on them you absorb your anger in yourself you you have to carry that and that can be really hard yeah totally it can be very very difficult and yet that is a very God-like thing to do. Um, God absorbs his own anger in himself in order to forgive and be gracious. Um, the call then on the Christian is be like God. Um, absorb your own anger. Um, be gracious. knowing Be that, patient. Be patient. Yep. That's right. Knowing that God has set a day and if a genuine wrong has been done to you, God will 
write it. Mm. God will will fix it up. Um, but be, be thankful that God is like that because you and I have done all sorts of wrong to other people mm. um, and know that, yeah, that God will, God will justly and fairly deal with that. Now, the one caveat I would have to that is that um, that doesn't mean that in, in certain cases where perhaps something illegal has happened um, or um, significant abuse or um, something of a very serious nature, um, don't hear me saying... Um, uh, don't avail yourself of um, the the authorities. In fact, Romans chapter thirteen, the very next section, um, the next couple of wor- words. In fact, um, Paul talks about um, God submitting yourself to the governing authorities because the authorities that there have been put there by God in order to restrain evil and to bring justice. And so, mm-hmm. if someone has done a, a profound, illegal or wrong thing to you, if there's been abuse that you've suffered. I don't think it means that therefore you just you just carry that and wait for Judgment Day. At one right. level, that it's only on Judgment Day that that kind of stuff will finally be properly fully, fixed up. Yeah. But tell your parents, tell uh, an authority, tell the police, tell whoever. Um, yeah, um, and there there is still justice in this world via the authorities, and they're a good God given thing to to make use of. Mm. But there may still be that even though they might judge and deal with this thing, you might still have anger, and yes. you might still have hurt that you're carrying and part of that is trusting God that he will one day bring justice for you nice nice great question helpful answer mate friends that brings us to the end of the extras uh, for this session and for the term and for the seat yeah that's right for for Romans Um, thank you again for your excellent questions Um, really really helpful for for, for us as a church, actually, uh, to hear your question yeah. and uh, for us as a church to be wrestling with it. Um, Sam, I love the way that you keep taking questions back to the Bible. And um, I hope you guys who are listening have noticed that. Um, the Bible is our authority. And uh, Sam, uh, all term, you keep pushing us back to God's word as the answer, as truth. And so we want to thank you for that, mate. My pleasure. Um, it's been a great job. I, I, I have the best job in the world. Yeah, totally. I get, I, get, I get paid to do this stuff, you know, it's uh, to, to lead you through Romans and uh, teach God's word. And it is a genuine privilege. And I'm, I'm thankful for you guys giving me the opportunity to, to teach you and to lead you through it. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. Now, uh, this week, I, I can't ask you what, what, what's happening, you know, what we can look forward to in terms of Romans, but... No, no I'm off to Awesome this weekend, so yeah. I, I won't even be there on, uh, on Fantastic, Sunday. Fantastic, mate. And we, we'd love you out there in, in Extras land to be uh, praying for Awesome. Such Indeed. a strategic, um, important time in the life of our youth, of our church. Yes. Uh, and beyond. Yeah. Um, as, as our kids have been inviting friends. Um, so, love you to pray for Awesome. Yep. Uh, we're we're going to be diving into Haggai. We are three weeks in the book of Haggai. Yep, great letter. Um, all about uh, God. God has a complaint against His people, and uh, He uh, and, and they're too busy making themselves comfortable and not concerned enough with uh, with what God is doing the in the world, the things of God. And so there's a there's a there's a yeah, come ready to be challenged. I think absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So once you read Haggai, it's just two chapters. I think it's the third last book in the Old Testament. Um, sorry if that's not exactly right, right. next to Zechariah there you go um, that's a bigger one where you're flipping through and you don't want to be really embarrassed look up the contents thing just find Zechariah and it's right next door you'll be yeah, fine there you go. it is the third last I'm just looking up yes just a double check um, so read those two chapters and uh, we'd love to see you uh, this Sunday at church and, and please be praying for awesome mm, yeah. but that's it for the extras for this week alright my name's Mike I'm Sam have a great week everyone. see you later bye bye